Hello, this is A.R. Bernard, and welcome to my podcast. My objective, it's simple, to create a platform where you can be educated, informed, and inspired as you navigate the intersection of faith and culture. If you have no faith, maybe you'll find it here. So, thanks for tuning in. Today is Christmas Day, Sunday, uh, and we thank you for joining us and inviting us into your space at home, wherever you are across the country or around the world. Uh, of course, today we're not having services in the, in the building. Yes. And in fact, there was a New York Times article uh, that talked about the fact that Protestant churches are actually closing their churches. Not all, but a significant number close their churches when Christmas is on a Sunday. Yes. Uh, and the percentage of churches that are doing that has gone up since the last time we've had Christmas Day on a Sunday, which was 2016. Yep. And, you know, I think coming out of COVID, for, for us, yes. all right, how COVID impacted us, we, we, be, we began to focus, not that we never have, but we really began to focus more on people mm -hmm. and the experience of people. Yes. We expanded our food pantry, our pastoral care, all of that. And in the course of considering people, we also considered our staff. Yep. The sacrifices that our staff make every week, 52 weeks a year, and then during the week, and the fact that they are not there with their families. Yep. You know, so Sunday for us, especially coming out of COVID with technology and, and recording in advance and all that kind of stuff, really gave us the opportunity to say, hey, wait a minute, you know what? Let's be sensitive to our staff. Let them spend time with their family. We can't talk about the importance of family and be structured in a way that undermines family. Yeah, and, because, and, and that's the thing. When my kids heard that we're going to record and daddy was going to be home, and they can open up their gifts in the morning and night in the afternoon after we get home from church. <laughs> it, it, it did something different. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it let them feel that they are valued. Yeah. Right. And, and that's the tension, right? As, especially as leaders, as staff members, as, you know, the individuals that play a role in making sure that this ship moves down, uh, you know, mm -hmm. uh, down the, the road um, is, you know, the sacrifices our families have to make. Right. Right. And for us to be able to be there, I, I think it's just worth it. I agree. It takes hundreds of people. And of course, the article contrasted the Catholic Church mm -hmm. versus the Protestant Church. But in Catholicism, part of their doctrine is that it's mandatory that you go to church at least once a week, that you attend Mass mm -hmm. at least once a week, um, because it can introduce questions about whether you get to heaven. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of this, it, for us, it's a spiritual discipline. Yes. But for them, it's part of their salvation doctrine. You know, and they make allowances and all that. But it is true. More and more uh, churches are closed. Now, there are churches that are open today ha having in-person yep. services. But there's a significant number like ours. And, you know, a large church like ours, it takes a lot of people, yes. a lot of staff, hundreds of staff members in order to make this happen and bring this to you. So um, thank you for your understanding. Thank you for your appreciating our appreciation of our staff Mm -hmm. and, and, and our families. Remember the principle, whatever you appreciate in life increases in value. Whatever mm -hmm. you depreciate in life decreases in value. So we want the value of our staff, the value of this experience, the value of our family to increase. Yes. 
Amen. Amen. And we want to say thank you. Yes. All right. Yes. I thank started you getting so, cards. so much. I started getting yes. cards. Yes. Yep. Uh, thank you for all of your cards, your, your gifts, your prayers, your well wishes for the Christmas season to me, uh, to Pastor Karen, to Pastor Jamal, to Lady Rita, to all of our elders and ministers. Thank you for sending us cards, affirming us in your life, and celebrating with you the beauty of Christmas. Yes. One of the things I was thinking about in the song where it says, your goodness is running after me. Mm -hmm. And that really distinguishes Christianity from every other religion. Yep. Every other religion, man pursues God. Mm -hmm. But in Christianity, God pursues man. Yep. And that's what Christmas is all about. For God so loved the world that he mm -hmm. gave his only begotten son, John 3, 16, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but ever have everlasting life. Can, can I add to it? Um, even the fact, because uh, when I read the cards, I can tell that you've, you've taken time out and um, you know, out of your schedule to make sure that you pick the right one. And some of these cards are amazingly written, the, some of the notes that you put inside. I would love to read all of them, but we don't have time. So thank you even just taking the time out of your schedule, your, your shopping for your family, uh, your busy work schedule, to think of us to pick a card that you feel is rightly speaking what your heart is trying to uh, say at this time. So thank you so much. Well said. Well, well said. Beautifully said. Yeah, because they, they, it does take time mm -hmm. to read the cards yes. while they're in the store and say, ah, <laughs> no, this really expresses how I feel. Yes. And those of you who go beyond what's written in the card and yes. write your own yep. letter and message in it, uh, we do. We actually take the time to read them all. Uh, past Karen and I, and we appreciate that. So thank you. Yes. Like she would say, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yes. And we want to wish you and your family a very blessed and merry Christmas uh, as you spend it together and celebrate it. And we're just so excited to have that with you. Amen. So, um, you know, we got to work within the time because the countdown clock is counting down. Yes. Right? So we have a letter. Supposed to be counting down. We have anyway. a letter. That yeah. we would like to read what you're going to read. Pastor's going to read. Uh, yeah, speaking of letters and, and, and cards, um, I, I, you know, and sometimes we read them, sometimes we don't, but I think this one was so important. And here's why. You know, they're just, when people express what they observe about the ministry, about the church, um, you can tell that when they get it. Yes. When they really... Yep understand what's going on here. And this letter gets it. This yes. person gets it. And I'm going to give you a shout out. And Florence, please forgive me if I don't pronounce your last name correctly. <laughs> All right. But it, it, it looks like either Eggbucullum or Eggbucullum. Uh, Florence, she's one of our golden saints. And you finally wrote me the letter according <laughs> to what the letter said. But I just want to share it with our family, with our spiritual family, because it speaks to so many things. And I, and I thank you for having the anointed insight to appreciate and understand what's going on here at CCC. So I'm going to read the letter. It's always a blessing to see that you are well, healthy, and strong. Dear, my, my dear pastor, Dr., Dr. Bernard, I trust that all is well with Pastor Karen and the rest of the family, too. Sorry to hear that PJ's under the weather. I pray for a speedy recovery for him. And that was the, the, the Sunday that, that, that Pastor Jamal was out. I must confess, this letter has been long in the making. Procrastination just set in. Several times I picked up my pen to write, especially after each Sunday teaching, 
by you standing alone or with PJ when you strike a responsive chord in me. I would jot down points to include in my letter, but never got around to actually writing it. Then your birthday came, your wedding anniversary came, and the time with several special guest preachers, moments which I have been quite, that have been quite enriching and inspirational. I just could not put this off any longer. Following today's service, when as usual you demonstrated compassion and humility, during today's service, very few of us knew of any guest speaker, let alone Ndaba Mandela. Pastor, you started by talking about legacy, passing on the torch to the younger generation, and that PJ was under the weather. You then talked about grandsons learning from their grandfathers, taking up the mantle, carrying on in the same profession, and that with us today is a grandson who learned very well from his grandfather. I, like many of my fellow worshipers, was expecting one of your grandsons a teenager or even a younger one, and possibly PJ's son. Then, unexpectedly, you presented Ndaba, grandson of the iconic and venerable Nelson Mandela. How brilliant. She said I was brilliant. Did you hear that? <laughs> take a note, take a note. <laughs> we certainly need many more Nelson Mandelas in our world. Likewise, our world, our nation, our city, and our communities need a million A.R. Bernards <clears throat> to help transform lives, families, and societies. I thank God for blessing us with you, God's divinely anointed teacher of the word. Um, all right, this gets a little uncomfortable for me. An erudite with God-given vision for the creation of CCC. It's a blessing and quite joyful to be a part of this spiritual family where your teaching has broadened my worldview. It is also refreshing to see a leader leading by example, practicing what he preaches as demonstrated in your decades of marriage to the same woman, mother of your children, father, head of your household, and leader of CCC, just to name a few hats that you wear and wear so well. Speaking of legacy building, mentoring and passing on the baton to the younger generation, there is no greater example than the connection, the synergy between you and your son, PJ. It is beautifully admirable to watch the camaraderie between the both of you, mentee and mentor on stage. I commend you, Pastor, in the way you are imparting your God-given knowledge to your son, PJ, in such a loving, caring manner. It's a joy to watch the training wheels gradually pulled off. When you both are delivering the message together, you are there as a buffer for PJ in your sage, erudite, and diplomatic style. <clears throat> so I'm not diplomatic. You, discreet, you discreetly <laughs> and smoothly fill in. Brilliant. I thank God for endowing you with his wisdom, knowledge, and understanding for him. May God continue to keep you and your entire family safe, healthy, provided for, divinely favored in all you do, everywhere you are, and grant you all long life for the continued growth of his kingdom on earth. May the grace and peace of our Lord be Jesus be with you. Amen, amen. Thank you, sir. Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to all of you and to all of our CCC family. Florence, thank you. Yes. Thank you for the letter, but thank you for getting it. Thank you for understanding, not just what goes on in church, but what's going on here on the stage. And that... It's not just about preaching and teaching it, but it's about modeling it. Mm -hmm. We need models in our world and in our society. So Florence, thank you for the letter. Thank you for getting it. Yes. And thank you for all of our CCC members and family 
who get it, who understand what's happening here, what's going on here. And that's how God works. Let me say that Pastor Jamal happens to be my son <laughs> as one who is moving into position of leadership here at CCC, but doesn't always work out that way. We look for the anointing. Pastor Karen and I looked for the anointing of leadership, the call of leadership. So thank you for understanding and thank you for sharing that with us. Yes. Amen. 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 So that was a letter. That was an article. There's another article. Uh, go there? Yes, we got. We have to go there. I think that's a good segue into looking at the church, and um, it's about Jamal Bryant. Mm. And you know, some people are like, oh, they're going to talk about that. We're not going to talk about the <laughs> his, his his decision on on marijuana and uh, the weed field. Uh, uh, on, on another yeah, article, to draw young black men to church. <laughs> yes. Uh, if you don't know about this, it's been going around. It's viral. Pastor Jamal Bryant took over for Bishop Eddie Long at New Birth Church. And he was doing an interview, uh, and he talked about the uh, amount of land that they possess as a congregation. And it's true. Uh, I know for a fact that they have over 234 acres mm -hmm. of land as part of that church. But he talked about growing marijuana and teaching yep. men farming. And, of course, that's controversial. That's very, very controversial. Uh, but the Christian Post came out with an article that expanded on the whole conversation. Mm -hmm. And not only did Jamal Bryant talk about, you know, uh, growing pot and as, as a way to draw young uh, unchurched uh, black men and others, but he also talked about sexual liberty mm -hmm. and, you know, that we have to adjust to the culture and understand that, celibacy, sexual uh, purity is expected to be preached to and demanded of teenagers and young people. Uh, and I'll add my commentary because they're in experimental stages of their life. Mm -hmm. But he continued to say that when it came to adults, 37-year-olds, yep. that and older. we have to understand the cultural context, the influences, and maybe rethink our gospel. <laughs> In fact, we have to preach another gospel, he said, uh, that demands celibacy from them. And that's quite controversial. Yeah. So, I mean, everything that he was saying is controversial, and, and, and knowing and watching him, you know, he likes controversy. But I think that, you know, the Apostle Paul said something so beautifully in Romans. He said, all things are lawful for me, mm -hmm. but all things are not expedient. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So we have to think of the lawfulness of something mm -hmm. and the expediency of something, whether something is essentially correct. How yeah. will that impact the world, people, believers, society at large that are looking at the church? And that's on the weed part. The other part where it talks about the demand for celibacy and adjusting to the culture. I think it speaks to the larger problem, the, the larger tension that has existed from the beginning of Christianity, mm -hmm. the church's relationship with culture. Because we have to be very careful that culture doesn't uh, determine scripture. Scripture determine. speaks to culture. Mm -hmm. And we have to be very careful when 
our relationship with God is being influenced and informed by the culture mm -hmm. and the spirit of the times that we're in. We should, out of our relationship with God and Scripture, be influencing the culture, shaping and forming. But it speaks to the tension between, and I'm going to write it because you and I were talking about this, the tension between, in terms of the church navigating the tension between fidelity yep. and relevance. And, and because the biggest question uh, that will always come up is, when do you stop? Going, when does the meter, right? Where does the, the meter stop in order for you to be relevant and non-relevant, right? So, so that we, we push the meter this way, you know, at one point, and now we're going to push a little further, and then uh, we're going to get to the point where we no longer look different in the world, right? So that's what's going to tend to become the that's, problem. That, keep keep right? talking, because I'm going to make sure I spell this, because you know... You know our congregation. Yes, right? they, they gonna, spell check gonna, you. They, yeah. So, so we have we have the, going on in the chat already. We have a push to to, to try to be relevant, but the, the the question is, where are the boundaries, yeah. right? And then you, when I look at Romans one, and we talk about all the the, the different things that are going to come out of society, how society is going to act, and 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 the things that society is going to do when it comes to sexual uh, promiscuity and 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 all these other things, and and the question is, well, well, are we leaning closer towards that? As a church, quicker and more than the world? In order to win people to the church? Yeah, so what's the, what, what are you winning us to now? And, and, and the question what? is, is our devotion to the numbers mm -hmm. and having more people or the integrity of the message, yep. the integrity of the gospel? And I think that comes into play, and that's a conversation that needs to be had. By fidelity... I mean commitment to God, commitment to the values mm -hmm. that the scripture teaches us, such as celibacy, such as boundaries within relationships and context that the scripture demands in order to experience the fullness of human intimacy, mm -hmm. like the context of marriage when it comes to sexuality. Because no matter what you think, it's not just sex. No, no. It's always bigger than sex. You know, I look at marriage, what happens if you've been married for 20 years, if it, 15 years, 20 years, whatever, and then something happens where, let's say something physically takes place and your spouse is no longer able. Is the marriage over now? You know, if it was just about sex, yeah. then people will walk away. Yep. You know, it has to be greater than that, something more that bonds the two together. So, so by fidelity, again, I'm talking about um, commitment to God, faithfulness to God, and faithfulness to the kingdom of God, and the kingdom way of living and thinking and being. And relevance, you know, um, I'm talking about the spirit of the times, mm -hmm. um, the, the culture in which we live, the world in which we live, their, their way of thinking, doing, and, and, and being. And that, 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 that is a problem that you know, the churches face. Mm -hmm. How do we navigate this? Because young people think differently yep. than, you know, generations past. Um, they're questioning, you know, whether, you know, uh, sexual intimacy should wait until marriage. You know, why can't that, almost like, you know, it's, it's sex. having a drink together, yeah, going get yep. a meal together, you know, yep. and, and, and we have all, you know, the things that have come up in culture 
um, what do you call it? Um, friends with benefits. Yes. All right. And, and all of these things. And see, these are all manifestations of a wounded and broken humanity. Mm-hmm. It manifests itself in desires that are disruptive, that are undermining uh, to the purity of relationships, to the order that God established. Uh, you can't complain about having to have court systems and judges and prison systems in order to deal with, you know, broken families, divorce, mm-hmm. uh, alimony, palimony. And <laughs> I, think about all of these things that we have in our systems and structures, law enforcement, lawyers, I, I, all of this is because of broken, wounded humanity and the fruit of that woundedness and that brokenness. Yeah, and, and looking at Christmas, you know, you talk about fidelity and, and it's a t- I was reading, because I felt, I felt bad um, after reading this. I was reading the wise men, and I started you know, doing a study on the wise men. And after they, you know, they look, you know, hey, where's the child? They want to know where the child is. And, and, and by the time they got there, just to let you know, when the wise men got there, uh, Jesus was not a baby. Yeah. Right? You know, so <laughs> wait, you got wait, to, wait. You mean the Christmas card is not <laughs> Yeah, the Christmas, right? you know, the, you know, the, 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 the whole man. nativity scene. How, and, how about the drummer and, boy? <laughs> There was no drummer, drummer boy. boy. Was there, right? there was no drummer boy. Oh, <laughs> <damn>. <laughs> uh, but you know, you look at the wise men. So by the time the wise men got there, because if you look at the trek and the journey that it took for them, it was months. It wasn't just days stuff like that. It was months to the point where it, 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 they said that they they saw the child. Right? They went to the house. So no longer is he in the manger. He's in the house living. The child is there, and the child represents uh, more of what they call a toddler stage, mm-hmm. which is usually about. Older than one, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and, and so these guys got there. And what I saw, the, the biggest thing I saw was their fidelity, mm. their, their loyalty yeah. to make the trek on camels, on horses, through the desert. Through, and we get mad if we got to drive in traffic to get to church, right? And we, we get Come mad on. if it's too Come far. On. If it's we get raining, mad if, if it's snowing raining, outside. If it's and I'm looking at this, I said, wow. To this, get to Jesus. Yes, to get to Jesus. They, That's good preaching. To get to Jesus. And here it is, the fidelity that these individuals demonstrated at the cost yeah. Yeah. Of, a, of, a, of a year's worth of a journey to go there. That's talking about going back. Yeah. That's just to get there. And then on their way back, you know, they, they had to get a, a, a visit from the angels. And their lives were threatened. Yes, their lives were threatened. They said, look, go, yep. go, go yep. a different way, yep. you yep. know. But that's why, that's, and that's why I think we're looking at today, looking at Christmas, looking at the, the, the because I think the fidelity is in a response to your understanding of what gift was given. Yeah. That yeah. represents Christmas. Yeah, I, and listen, as leaders in the church and as the church, as an institution, as a moral institution, mm-hmm. right? We should not be giving in to the world's unrighteousness. We should be modeling righteousness. Yes. I'm going to say that again. You should have asked me to say that again. Say that. <laughs> I just started thinking about Simeon. <laughs> Simeon in the temple. <laughs> we should be modeling righteousness, not giving in to unrighteousness. Because when there are models to point to, the yes. young people need models to point to. Because they'll say, well, show me. Because notice kids say, well, everybody's doing it. No, everybody's not doing it. Okay, find me someone who isn't. That's the gap that we fill as believers by maintaining the standards that we live by, the holiness and righteousness that we stand by. Yeah, we are imperfect beings. We struggle. We miss the mark. We fall short. But doesn't mean we throw out the standard. (laughs) We continue to strive for that standard. And it is a moral standard because that's what we bring to the table. Because without morality, 
you're not going to have justice. Nope. We bring a moral that, that value that consensus. That is Without morality, there's no justice. Yep. We bring, as, as, as a belief system, as, as, as church, as religion, we bring a moral value system to, to society which is necessary for justice and concord. Mm -hmm. Out of justice comes mercy. Yep. None of these things exist if it wasn't for the moral value system that we bring. So you, don't give up on it, folks. And, and Live it, it out. And you know how I say it, it, for, for morality that you, it, it, it's, it's doing good. Right? But in order for you to know good, you need to know God. Now, come on. Now, you say that again. <laughs> I said morality is about doing good. And in order for you to know good, you need to know God. That's it. That's it. And, and there has to be a distinction mm -hmm. between the believers. So let me, again, the church is struggling right now. The church is in crisis. Mm -hmm. Right? Navigating the tension between fidelity, faithfulness to God, right? And his way of doing and being. And relevance. And by relevance, again, take some notes. Come on. By, it, by relevance, I mean relatability to the spirit of the times. Mm -hmm. And the spirit of the times is the set of the, 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 the values, the beliefs, the, the ideas, and the aims that are typical within the culture, yep. that are typical within the society. Now, that's a tension. How do we navigate that? Mm -hmm. We've got all of these forces Pulling and pulling and pulling, pulling. And what are we looking for? Meaning and purpose. Purpose and meaning. And the book of Isaiah said it so beautifully. All right, I shared these words at, at, at a funeral that I did this past week. And that is, he says, why spend your money for that which does not satisfy? Come, buy, eat from me, learn from me, right? And I'll fill you. And that's the idea. We are born, we are wired by God to search for meaning, for purpose. And by purpose, I'm talking about your reason for existing. But in a bigger way, essentially, the aim, the objective of life. Mm -hmm. What is the objective of life? Yep. That's what I mean by purpose. And meaning, because we're all looking for meaning... Meaning is about understanding what is conveyed by the relationships that God has ordered and structured in life. What is conveyed by, the, by, by father, husband, mother, family, co-worker, sister, brother. Because meaning comes from understanding what these relationships are saying to us about who we are as an individual who we are in relationship to each other, how we should live in the world. Uh, uh, it's conveying uh, what God desires in terms of the life and dignity of a human person, the image of God, the common good, the solidarity of the human family. I can go on and on, I'm getting pumped. But you understand, that's what meaning, so purpose is the ultimate objective to this all. But meaning is what's being conveyed by the relationships that God has established, the order that God has established. So when we begin to allow wounded and broken humanity, all right, to change that order, to redefine those relationships, to redefine those identities, we create chaos, deception, yep. disorder, we undermine it, and we leave people empty and broken. So God didn't come <laughs> to, to, to take away fun. Yeah. 
God didn't come to say, no, I don't want you having any fun. Mm -hmm. No, he came because we're broken. That's what Christmas is all about. Um, I love the passage in Isaiah chapter nine. Mm -hmm. Get in verse six. You know, unto us a child is born, born, Mm -hmm. right? Which means, which immediately identifies God with our humanity. He became one of us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, right? Glory is the only begotten of the father. But also unto us a son is given. Mm -hmm. It was not just the birth of a human person, God in humanity, but it was a gift. Christmas, and that's why we we give gifts. And I'll tell you, the more mature you are about what Christmas means, the less caught up you get in the multitude of gift giving. Yep. Because when you guys were young, you know, and, and, and look, how we grow up affects us because, you know, your mom grew up in a, in a way that Christmas was not as joyful and happy mm-hmm. because excuses were made for her not to have a gift. Yeah. So it was a time that she was reminded of the kind of uh, abuse that she was in, you know, within the context of family. So what she did when you guys were little, you know what Pastor Karen did? She went out and loaded up all the gifts. She was Santa Claus. Yes. She bought every gift imaginable to pile up on you. And that's when we could afford them because <laughs> early on, we couldn't afford anything but some wind-up toys from 14th Street, right? But she piled it on. And, and, and after a while, she realized, no, no, no. I'm, I'm trying to make up for what I was deprived of by pouring it on to my children. And that's why I prayed my prayer today because you look at all the individuals who are dealing with some of that emotional trauma, right? You know, the, the mental health uh, rolls over into how you, you even celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yep. Right? Yep. And you, that's, yep. she was responding out of her trauma. Thank God she had the financial means to respond that way. But, um, you know, and once again, we're broken, wounded. And here it is, we're looking at Christmas and Christ with us, Emmanuel, you know, Prince of Peace, you know, and the, the, you know, the everlasting father is like, wow, I, just to see what he was responding to, yeah. right? And Well, look, Christmas, you and I were talking about this, we were sharing notes on this. Christmas brought hope for the soul. Yes. That hope came from mm-hmm. God. Yep. Think about it. So we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Right? A week later, what do we celebrate? New Year's. And New Year's comes from a pagan festival in honor of the New Year and a pagan God. And what do they do at New Year's Eve? What do humans do? They make resolutions. Yep. They resolve that they're going to change their life, that they're going to do better. Become better. And by February, <laughs> by Black History Month, <laughs> it's all done. They gave up on it. They gave up on the new diet. They gave up on not, the new resolution. But understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so think about the contrast between Christmas and yep. New Year's. Christmas was a gift from God. New Year's is man trying to change yep. his life, trying to change his future. No, Christmas is God entering. Whew, mm. Hallelujah. Yep, God entering human history. God offering the gift of change. <laughs> so. It's not about you making a resolution and trying to do it in your own strength. No, it is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, yes. Christ in us, the hope of glory, of change, <coughs> excuse me, of a better life. Ah, I need you to come in here because I'm, no, that's I'm good. That's I'm good. pumped here. <laughs> and, and I love it because when you said, you know, uh, hope for the soul, 
that means that 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 that's that deeper mm. type of hope. It's not just you know we got tomorrow, no, but it's something that your soul Crazy. is yearning for, yeah. is craving for. It's that hunger that you were talking come about on, a couple on, of weeks ago. That on. just that hunger at the pit of who you are, and God is responding to that. Yeah. That's an amazing thing. Now you get me, you know. Come on, <laughs> you know, because go it, for it, <laughs> go for it. Because when you look at the brokenness and the woundedness of society, we always look at the superficial wounds. Mm-hmm. But the wounds go much deeper than that. God saw that from the beginning. He said, I'm going to respond. And what I'm going to do is I'm not just going to respond in a way that's detached, but I'm going to attach myself to a body to go through the very thing that you're going through so that when I'm on a seat, right on the right hand of the Father, I am speaking from a, a, a condition that has experienced. So when I see Jamal and he's wrestling with something, I know what he's wrestling with because I experienced what Pastor Jamal is wrestling with. And I say, wow. So when you said soup, I mean, hope for the soul, that's what I saw just now. Just drop the mic. <laughs> drop the mic. <laughs> Christmas is hope for the soul. Yes. New Year's gives a false sense of hope mm-hmm. that is rooted in human strength. Yes. And we prove we just keep missing it, missing it. We get the disciplines in. Some of us continue with it. But it's us struggling within our own will, our own strength. But God says, no, you'll never get this right. I'm going to come. Yep. I'm going to be in you. Yep. A well of water. Speaking mm. of his spirit. Yes. Right? I'm going yes. to talk to you. Mm. You're going to experience me personally. Yep. In the Old Testament, the prophets, the priests, the patriarchs, the kings, certain special folks. But the masses didn't experience oh. God. Not God with them in that way. Not God anointing them in that way. Not God living through them. And that's why Pentecost says, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Yes. But why was that able to be happen? Why was that even possible? Because God came for yes. Christmas. Mm-hmm. He came in human form. Yep. And in response to our humanity. And I love that because unto us a son is given. Mm-hmm. So God's response to a lawless, rebellious, wounded, and broken society was not judgment. It was a gift. Through love. A gift of love, mm-hmm. life, and light yes. through Jesus Christ. Wow. Man. Wow. I, I'm good. No, that's, that's, that's powerful. I'm good. I'm good right here. Christmas. Mm-hmm. You, there with your family, yes. or even if you're a single person and home alone, <laughs> you're not alone. Mm-hmm. God is with you. That is Christmas, Emmanuel. Yes. God with us so that God can be in us. Once he died on that cross for our sins and rose from the dead, now it moved from God with us to God in us. And he said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. We have a minister who's going to pray and... um, Kind of wrap it up for us. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and I've been talking about the war of words, mm-hmm. the power of words, that's how we get saved. Yep. Through the confession of our mouth. And we have a minister who's going to lead you right now. We close every service by saying Jesus is Lord. But we can't do that without giving someone the opportunity to make him Lord. Today we commemorate the birth of the child who would change all of human history. Today we are reminded that the introduction of one character can change the entire story. From one of defeat to one of triumph. Today we have the opportunity in our own chapter of this story to be the transformed person that brings change. 
John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God has sent Jesus to a sin-sick world that it might become healed. He sent him to a people in sorrow that they might have joy. He sent him to a people destined to die that they might have life. And that is good news. The good news is that a holy God so loved a rebellious world that he sent his only begotten son to live a sinless life, die in our place, and rise from the grave conquering death. And in doing so, he paid the price for our sin and gives us a right to everlasting life. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like to pray for you. If you need truth, I want to pray for you. If you need peace or joy or love you can't find anywhere else, I want to pray for you. Just repeat after me. Father, thank you for this opportunity to open my heart to your love for me. I repent of my sin. I believe Christ died and rose again to pay the price for my sin. And I confess him now as Lord and Savior. And your word says, I'm born again. I am your child. You are my God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, change is not an event, it's a process. We have some ministers who would like to share some information with you. So please call or text the number on your screen. May God continue to bless you. Your life will never be the same. Amen and amen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know, what better day to give a gift to yourself, the gift of salvation that was presented to us. So welcome to the family of believers. Um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm always excited when people join the family of believers. But I will tell you, you know, it's not easy, but it's possible. Oh, come on. Say it again. It's not, not easy, easy, but it's possible. It's possible. Whatever, whatever is worth having is worth working for. Mm. So you work for it, and you will have a prosperous life with Christ. That's important. What you just said is important. When you work for something, you treat it differently. Yep. When you make the sacrifice, when you pay the price, there's a different relationship yep. between what you get, what you have, right? Uh, as opposed to those things that come as a gift. Well, I, I, you, you just sent my mind off in right. other ways, <laughs> you know, because salvation was a gift. And, yes. You know, mm -hmm. and all the other religions, they work for it. Yep. And yet God says it's a gift. And, and I want to get on Christians because they take the gift for granted. Yep. Mm -hmm. And they give more, you know, commitment to what they work for. Mm -hmm. But you can't earn it. Nope. All of our righteousness is as filthy right. rags. So Christmas is about the gift, gift. of God through his grace. Yep, so. Hallelujah. So be present with the present called Ooh, Christ. Come on. And that's what today is about. Yep. Practicing presence. Be present with God, present with your family. Exchange presence. Yes. But the greatest thing is you being there. Yep. We love you. We appreciate you. We wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. Yes. And if you're going to go away for the holidays, a blessed new year. 
but we'll be back next week for New Year's. Yes. Right? We have a New Year's Eve service that we'll yes. be celebrating together. And in person. In person. From 8 to 10, be here. Aha. Be here. Both here and in Long Island. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And God willing, we'll be saying that next year for the Orlando campus. Ah, come on. Yes. So Merry I'm excited. Christmas, yes. Merry Christmas, Pastor. Let's say something good uh, as we leave this place, but never God's... Well, we're not leaving the place, are we? Well, <laughs> <laughs> as we leave this stage, okay. Jesus, Jesus is Lord, period. We, we believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. Thanks for tuning in to the A.R. Bernard podcast. I hope you were enriched by the information and or the conversation. Make sure, subscribe by clicking the link in the bio to gain more information about me and the work that I'm doing. Again, thank you and God bless.